Ah, you damn right. Welcome to Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. February is almost gone. That means March is almost here. That means basketball games get more and more important by the second. We'll definitely be talking some hoops today. Football never dies around here. It is Combine Week after all. Plus, you're only one week away from Longhorn Spring practice beginning if you're a Texas fan. And obviously, that's going to be a, a big part of a discussion for us throughout the next few weeks and months. We'll keep you updated there. We've also got uh, some unfortunate things to talk about Longhorn-wise. There was some good over the weekend, but there was also some struggling over the weekend. We'll get to all of it. Chad and Zay on this Monday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's good, Chad? Yo, you old heads that keep telling me Dane Lillard ain't the second best shooter ever. 71 on that ass. <laughs> but Zay Jerry West, but Zay Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, I don't give a damn. 71 for that ass. But we going to talk about that later, Chad. How you doing, bro? Woo! Damian Lillard. My goodness. I'm not 71 good. I got to tell you that. I had a pretty good weekend. I don't think I had a pour-in 71 in an NBA game kind of a good weekend. My God. Man. Man, that's what makes League Pass worth it. That's right, because you found out during the oh, game yeah. and, and you just headed on over. Yeah, that's what makes it worth it. It's a good deal. That's what makes it worth it. Good deal. Very cool. Uh, also, we'll get into the details later, but just to let everybody know, that high school basketball matchup we wanted to see is happening, and Zay's going to be there calling it for you on television tomorrow night. Congrats to Buta Johnson. Congrats to Stony Point. They're going head up tomorrow. Zay predicted it correctly over at the Burger Center. So if you, uh, you want to get over there, obviously get over there, 7 o'clock tip. But if you can't, then you want to turn on KBVO and see our man Zay rocking the suit and talking hoops. This is what it's all about, Chad. Mm-hmm. Like These are the two best teams in 6A all year long. Buda Johnson being the best team south of ATX. Sony Point being the best team north of the ATX. We're going to see. It's going to all come down tomorrow at Burger Center. I can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to check out. So uh, we're going to get into all of those things. We will also uh, talk some football. Cowboys fans coming up at 1230. If you have not heard Stephen Jones' latest comments of what the Cowboys need to do to get to that NFC title game, we'll get you those comments. I mentioned it's Combine Week. We're getting some notes around the Combine, who is going to work out, who's not going to work out. We'll get to all that at 1230. But to start off today, Zay, I think we got to go to Waco. We sort of knew we would one way or the other. You and I both had a similar feeling about this game going in. And early on, the Longhorns looked like they were going to prove us wrong. I was kind of excited to hear the early, to hear and see those early things. I'll admit, since I ended up recording it and watching later, by the time I got in, I think it was 23 14 Texas. So I didn't get to see 18 4. But I know it was that at one point. Uh, So Texas started off really well. Ultimately, though, Baylor beats them about, I was thinking it was around a 10-point kind of game. And I was hoping the Longhorns could prove me wrong. But it was 81-72 at the final final buzzer. Let's dig into this one here. Um, What did you see? And like you always talk about it, there's one thing to say you think maybe they could lose and it's a tough game, but then how it plays out is also different. Talk to me about how this played out on Saturday and was it more or less concerning for you? Um, a little concerning. Definitely a little concerning. You know, if you would have 
if we would have said on Friday, Keontae George is only going to get six minutes, then I'm going to tell you Horn's going to win by double digits mm-hmm. because that's 17, almost 18 points that you're taking away from that really good Bears ball club. But that's why Scott Drew's one of the best in the nation. I mean, I don't think Coach Terry necessarily got out coached like that. I just thought Scott Drew was amazing. You know, again, when your best shooter, your best scorer goes out the game on a twisted ankle and you're down 18 to 4. Texas looked good. They jumped on them quick. You know, they went, it went 18-4 when Keontae George went out the game and Serge Barry Rice hit two free throws, and then the game just completely changed. It's like Baylor said, okay, they just basically hurt our guy. We ain't playing that ish. That all this is about to stop. And, man, Dale Bonner, he was the player of the game for Baylor. He was amazing. 13 points off the bench. He had huge four assists. He had very timely steals. And he also had two huge deflections that went to out, out of bounds. But the run that he went on and the Horns, they were kind of trying to come back in the second half. Tyrese Hunter had that nice and one finish to start the half. And you thought that, okay, here we go. The Horns are going to get that momentum that they had to start the first half. But then when guys that you don't expect – make shots, it's so deflating. When Jonathan Tachua Chachua, you heard Dick Vitale going through it like eight times. Ooh. Dick Vitale said about eight times. He sounded like me on Friday. Yo, yeah. Dickie V, you a legend. If you getting it wrong, I don't feel too bad getting it wrong, my guy. Uh-huh. When he hit that three to put them up 47-38, oh, that hurt me, Chad. I'm sitting at home and I was like, that might be it. Because stuff like wow. that can't happen. When guys like him hit shots, like nobody's contesting that. That's one of those, we'll live. Like when you ever play pickup basketball and somebody shoots it and then you hear people say, we'll live. Mm-hmm. That's one of those. We'll let you have that we'll one. We'll let you have that one. Right. We'll take it. He knocked that down. I'm, okay. I'm, I, was, I have my laptop on my hand. I almost threw my laptop in the air. I was like, what can you do with that? Okay, so now, wait a minute. Give me a psychology breakdown here. If you are truly believing we'll live, then why would it bother you that much? Why does it have as much effect then if you ultimately are saying, hey, I'll let you have that one? Because he's not supposed to hit it. That's why we say we'll live. We'll let, then we'll let him shoot it. Because we're so busy chasing around LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler and mm-hmm. Langston Love, like and Bridges. He had a terrific game too. We're so busy chasing those guys. Jonathan Chachua, he's there to set screens for those guys. He's there to get the dirty points. He's not there to hit threes. And he's barely played this year. And actually, you know, shout out to him. That's a big shot for him. We remember what happened last year during this game. He really hurt his knee and right. they didn't even think he'd be back this season. So for him to hit that shot, and plus Chad. That 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 right there, how much he means to that team. He was a big part of their national championship team two years ago along with Adam Flagler and Flo Thamba. So him making that shot, that gives them more juice as a team because they know for Baylor's side, oh, he ain't supposed to hit that. Hell yeah, we definitely going to win this game. Ain't nothing stopping us if Jonathan's hitting that thing. It gives them the extra energy yeah. too. And then yeah. Dale Bonner, man, he had like five possessions right after that. That changed the game and just he opened was it big. up. Yo, yeah. he hit a three where Scott Drew started pumping his fist and clapping and stuff because he couldn't have been more happy for Dale Bonner, a guy that hasn't been playing due to their big three, Cryer, Flagler, and George. They eat up all the minutes for those guards, all of them. And then Langston Love out of San Antonio. I've been watching Langston Love since he was in the fifth grade. 
out of San Antonio, he's been their six-man guy for the guard's sake, kind of like Sir Jabari Rice, just not what Sir Jabari Rice brings to the table, who didn't have his best game either. But, yeah, Dale Bonner, he hit that three. It made it 50-40. Then Tyrese, I mean, Sir Jabari Rice, one of the dumbest plays in basketball history, Dick Vitale <laughs> said it like three times, you cannot, youngsters, coaches coaching youngsters, you cannot save the ball under the other team's basket. You got to chunk that thing to the other side. Serge Barry Rice, the horn's trying to come back. He saves the ball right to Bonner. Makes no sense. Right under the goal. While he had players right next to him on the right, but he threw it to the left, which was right under the goal. Bonner got a layup, 52-42. Then Bonner gets another steal off Arterio Moore's bad pass. Had that breakaway layup. And then they just kept blowing it open. You know, he, yep. he dropped a th- he dropped a nice dime to Thamba. He hit another three. Now it's 60-43. So all those stats that you see, you're like, oh, but, you know, Serge Barry Rice had 12. Marcus Carr had 11. Ty- uh, uh, Dylan, uh, I'm sorry, Ty- uh, Timmy Allen had 12. All those points came at the end of the game. They're all trash buckets. All of those. And mm-hmm. I told you, Chad, on Friday, if this team – wants to win, they cannot have the bigs for Baylor outplay the bigs for Texas. I know Dylan DeSue was terrific, 24 points. Dylan DeSue didn't play, then the horns would have got blown out by 30. Dylan DeSue was great, Mm. but Dylan Mitchell, he just out there getting good cardio. (laughs) Uh, 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 Christian Bishop, he's just out there getting good cardio and antagonizing Dale Bonner. They got that double tech where... That might have just pissed off Dale Barner. He was like, okay, okay, dog. Uh Now I'm about to go at y'all. And then he started really rolling. So thanks, Christian. That didn't help at all. So he ends up zero you gave us. He ends up with a 13, and Bishop ends up with the goose egg. Yeah. Yeah. Then Brock Cunningham. We talk about, you know, here on Light the Tower with Craig, Jeff, and Cam about how good Brock Cunningham has been. Brock Cunningham did nothing. Zero. That's a rough line right there. Brutal. Of all the lines that you look at after the game that try to explain exactly what happened, that was that's a tough one. Timmy Allen, five turnovers. Yeah. Double dribbling. Oh my God. We're going back to grade school, fam. Ooh, that was that was. We're double dribbling out here, and then you know a stat that I'll always let y'all know about in college basketball: you only get forty minutes. It's so hard to score because you know, all especially in the Big Twelve, there's not that spacing. You know, Dame Lillard dropped seventy-one last night. Dame has a lot of space to give seventy-one. Yeah, it's hard as hell, but you still got a lot of space. You got none of that in college basketball. None of that. There's zero space. So. In this type of game, who's going to be the aggressor? And the team that shoots, or team, I'm sorry, the team that makes more free throws than the opposing team shoots always has a huge chance of winning the game. How many free throws did Baylor make? 22. How many did Texas shoot? 12. Yeah. 12, almost doubled. They made, which is almost doubled what Texas shot in total. That can't happen. So all those free throws, you lose by nine, and you look at the differential from the free throw line right there. And, yeah, yeah people are going to be like, well, you're at Farrell Center. They probably had some cooking. They probably did. They probably had a little bit. But if you're Texas, all that stuff can't happen. That was a bad game. Nobody been on the Serge Barry Rice pump fake. Nobody. Like, when you play a team three times, which you're going to play a team three times in the Big 12 tournament, and you're going to be scouted, 
all those times. Like, ain't nobody going to uh, bite on that Sergio Barry Rice pump fake. So I know he can't wait to get the tournament play where you see a fresh team that's yep. never seen you before. That's when his game will start clicking again. But, yeah, all those double-digit scores that we saw, and Dylan DeSue, he was terrific. He was really good. So that's mm-hmm. promising. I thought Tyrese Hunter was good in spots. Yep. You know, I it's thought he was good, good yeah. in spots. But, man, Serge Barry Rice, just that saving in your own on your own goal to the other team, dumb play, Christian Bishop double dribbling. And then when you're trying to come back, you can't give up out-of-bounds play and one layups. Like Langston Love got one, you know, towards that uh, towards that run in the second half to make it around, you know, I want to say 60 to uh, 43. It's just, come on. that that's That's great elementary stuff. That's way too easy. Ain't no way teams should be scoring on you from out of bounds. So, again, Scott Drew, that's why he's going to be a future Hall of Fame coach. What he's done in Waco, we know what it was before he got there. We know what was going on, all the, oh, you know, yeah. all the yeah. crap that they went through in Waco. And that, the fact that he turned that whole campus around, like if you're a guard, how do you not want to play for him? How do you not want to play if you got Dell Bonner coming off the bench giving you buckets, staying ready? And that, you know, that's great coaching too. Just guys that aren't gonna be playing. We saw that in the Kansas game. Joseph Yesifu gave them a huge 14 points when the Horns went to Allen Fieldhouse. Bill Self did the same thing, just keeping guys ready. Hey, you might not be playing right now, but you'll never know when your name's gonna be called. And that's what the best coaches get out of guys. When you could go down the list, you know, eight and nine string guy, and they could come in and produce. That's what separates guys and takes them to, you know, Springfield, Massachusetts, like Bill Self is already there, like Scott Drew will probably be there when his uh, career is over with. And, you know, Coach Terry, we got him arguing with the women's coaches team. Before the game. Oh, yeah. We got to get into that. Yeah. Get into that story, too. Real quick, if you want to text us uh, on Longhorn Basketball or anything else, Specs text line 337-3776. Somebody said, I turned Texas and Baylor on when Texas had 42 points. About 25 real-time minutes later, Texas had 43. I turned it off. And there was another one of those big droughts, like about nine minutes. Ten, you know, yeah, it was about 10 minutes that first half, and it felt like it rolled it rolled all the way into the second half. Yeah, they went nine, nine full minutes, right, with no field goals. Yeah, Baylor went on an 18-0 run after Texas' 18-4 start. Mm-hmm. 18-0 run. Man. Like yeah. that. It's like, man, y'all, we gotta, we gotta be better. So now, what's your, the situation you're in, it's a must-win on Wednesday in Fort Worth against a really good TCU team that had you down by 18 when they were at the moon. That's true. Yeah. That's and now they got Mike Miles back. Oh, Jamie Dixon's team, they ready for March. They feel like they could play with anybody. As long as Mike Miles is healthy, they feel like they could play with anybody, and they can. And they just play – who did they just beat? Tech. Tech over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike Miles dunking on folks and clutch time and stuff. Yeah, he back. So Texas is – and somebody's texting us, hey, guys, you sound like you're surprised they're inconsistent. I feel like they've been inconsistent all year. There have been some inconsistencies at times with Texas in big moments, uh, in big games. That's what they've got to try to smooth out as they get into tournament play. Baylor certainly was the better team uh, for 40 minutes, 81-72. We'll continue to talk about the game. So real quick, Zay, they did show this once they got into the game. They're going back and showing the film. So Texas shows up to shoot around, and the Baylor women's team is on the floor? Yeah, they're on the court. And wow. and then that video they showed from high above, we didn't get much zoom in on that, but that video showed, what, a confrontation with like the two staffs were yeah. jawing at each other a little bit? Yeah, it was the strength coach on Baylor. He's the one that... 
had the huge issue with them being on the court and Texas not being able to get on the court, which if you're Baylor, you're in the wrong because you could have easily went to your practice facility and worked out there because the Baylor women played at, what, 5? Texas is about to play. It was around 11 o'clock. Right, it's two hours before tip. Two hours before tip. It should make sense, coach. Yeah, I don't understand. Baylor? I don't understand that confusion with the Baylor folks not realizing what needed to be laid out. The first game will take deference there. That's some sketchy stuff, Chad. You need to just know how to lay that out. You can, and then once they arrive, it needs to occur to you. Oh, yeah, we screwed. I'm so sorry, coach, man. Hey, look, guys, let's clear the floor. Let's clear the floor right now. It should that it should have been that easy. Let's have a little bit of class, right? Let's have a little bit of class. I get it. Big Twelve, they did mesh up the schedules to where it's a little tight. Having a one o'clock game and then a five o'clock game, yeah, that's tight. It is. I get it. But Baylor, you're on your campus. All you could do, all you had to do, was go right across the street wherever your facilities are to practice and get some shots up there. It's not a big deal. It's really not. It's really you play here all the time. Yeah. Like coach, I I know all these coaches are superstitious and stuff and they have their routines, but for the history that Baylor has with Texas, you talk about all the time how you're sure. going to really dislike when the Horns go to the SEC because of how much of how good those battles have been due to the hatred that Baylor has for Texas. That's some sketchy stuff. Yeah. No, it's not it's not a good look at all and I would even be upset if I'm if I'm Scott Drew or I'm somebody on the staff of the men's team, it would be weird for me to see somebody other than us or our opponent on a floor on the floor two hours before we tip. Guys, get out of here. If what that are was, you doing? If that was Vic Schaefer, we'd come in here and I'd say, Vic Schaefer, you're in the wrong. Like Vic Schaefer, you could have went down to the beautiful facilities that sure. y'all just built that's connected to Moody Center, and y'all could have gotten shots up there and allowed Baylor's men to practice and get shots up because they play in two hours. Yeah, because yeah, and, and maybe there's some part of the communication that Texas side of it messed up on. But to me, I don't yeah. know. I don't know exactly what that would be because two hours before it would make sense to me that you would say, "All right, if you guys want to get in there, shoot on the floor that we're obviously going to play on." Then you know we'll, we'll let you get in there at that point, and the women's team that's not playing until five o'clock would not have the first rights there. Yeah, and it's not like Coach Terry could say, "Okay, Coach, y'all got it. We're just gonna go down the street and practice <laughs> right. at y'all's facilities and stuff." They'd what, be like, "Wait, we don't like that." What are they gonna do? Call Waco High? I mean, yeah, I mean, Waco I, Midway. Are they gonna go up there? They are they gonna go? We'll just go to Temple and get some shots up there, like. Come on. That's, yeah, that's Bush League, Baylor. Not good. Bush League. Yeah, that's and that's a distraction, Chad. Right. Because now Coach Terry's having to deal with that, the team seeing that, and we got to play a, a top 10 team in two hours mm-hmm. and also deal with this where a homegirl from Baylor's trying to get bucked with Coach T, trying to give him a little squabble. Like, yeah, you yeah, don't need what, that. Yeah, what is all that? What is that? That's just like, and now we have, I'm sure, that then there's, what, probably extra back and forth. Did the, the Baylor women's coach, did she say anything? Did she have to comment on the matter? And like you said, Terry's got to deal with it. Just a, a mess that didn't need to happen. Uh, and you you wonder, you could say you wonder how that would affect Texas going into the game, but that 18-4 start was big. It just felt like it was one of those games where you get a big lead and it's almost like your brain turned off. Yeah. It's almost like you figured, oh, we're on a roll. We're, we've got this. And then, like you said, right around that injury time, that also affected them too. We got a big lead, and they're one of their best guys, if not their best guys, out. 
and then they never could get it back. The, it's oh. like they never found the intensity the rest of the day. Oh, once he went out the game, I'm smelling blood. Mm-hmm. Once Keontae George goes out the game, if I'm Marcus Carr, I'm looking down the, sh- the line, they're like, yo, y'all realize what we got now. Y'all see how he turned his ankle? Let's turn it up. Right. And it was the opposite. Right. It was the opposite. It was Scott Drew getting his guys together and saying, hey, Keontae's gone. Who going to step up? And he was joking again at halftime, Chad. Yes. He was joking again. He joked with the interviewer saying yeah. it didn't go well last time. <laughs> Didn't go well last time. We got to turn this around. And then they did. You know why he was in such a good mood there? Because he was down 14 in the blink of an eye, but he led at the half. Yeah. That was huge. If I'm a Baylor fan in that arena, if I'm Drew, if I'm any of those players, you talk about found money. We're up two at the half after that? And our best guy's out? Up. Here we go. Got to turn it up. Yeah. Got to take advantage. And that's what's disappointing. That they didn't jump on them in those situations. That, you know, they just played sloppy. Like, Baylor had 21 turnovers, Chad. No, I know. It so, wasn't like they weren't sloppy, too, but... 21 turnovers? Texas outscores them by 10 in the paint? 30 to 20? Now, 30's not a ton. Free throws, man. You had that. And then, like you said, Keontae George, no points, 0 for 1, 6 minutes played. Just that should have been a Texas win. Yeah. That, I can't. It's amazing to me that 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 those things were all real in this game, and Texas couldn't find it. Yeah, their mm. Baylor starters were still decent enough. Like Flagler still got over double digits, and Jalen Bridges, he was terrific too. He was blocking he was? everything in that first half. But th- those role player guys, Langston Love and Dale Bonner, completely outplayed our role players completely, and that's that was the story of the game. But then I I don't know what you're gonna do with Dylan Mitchell. I'm gonna have to ask Joe Cook later. I don't know what you do with him because you know I've been so Oof. consistent on having this nine man rotation. You have, yeah. Now he, some of the turnovers he had in that game, it just looks like a deer in the headlights. And you know, we just saw Greg Brown get waved. If I'm Dylan Mitchell. I would seriously consider coming back next year. It's okay to come back. It's okay to say, you know, I, college basketball, I was a little over my head. Because it's different now, Chad. These mm-hmm. 18-year-olds are coming in and they're playing against 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds, six-year seniors. You know, Brock Cunningham, hell, he's almost as old as you. So it's like <laughs> when you come in and play against that type of competition in the Big 12, yes, he'll get drafted, but, again, Greg Brown's already out the league. We said the same things about him. And I don't know. Everybody was asking me, hey, what you think about Greg Brown going to the league? I was like, I don't know. You remember he was getting into it with Shaka toward the end of the year. You know, where his mind, he was, like, getting kicked out of the game kind of. I forgot that situation. But it was, it was weird. He showed his, you know, immaturity. Mm-hmm. And Dylan Mitchell's way more mature in the head, but he ain't ready for the association. He is not ready. And some guys do come back, like Miles Bridges, who they compare to him, which we're not going to talk about Miles Bridges off the court stuff. Let's just stick to on court stuff. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges coming out of Michigan State. I remember him saying he was on the panel, I don't know, it was like a college game day or something. It was something weird. And Izzo was there. His mama was there. And he's like, you know what? I'm coming back. I think I could get better. And he was a lefty around the same size as a Dylan Mitchell. And he ended up being a lottery pick. And a pretty good NBA player until he started doing wild stuff off the court. But what Dylan Mitchell's putting out there right now, especially starting, especially starting, right? I just 
we need more from them. We need more from them. Texas and TCU coming up Wednesday night. Longhorns get a couple days to uh, to think about what happened in Waco. Someone said the Texas men should practice today at Moody when the Baylor women are scheduled to warm <laughs> up. I don't know if that is going to happen. Um, somebody said the Baylor women's team played yesterday. Don't they play tonight against our Texas team? No, no, no. They played Saturday at 5. They played Saturday in a doubleheader, and now they are turning around to play the big Monday against the Texas women's team. We'll get you set up for that as we roll along. Also, some football coming up. Uh, Combine week and Stephen Jones with some, some interesting comments about how the Cowboys can take that next step and get to the championship game. Fans, we will read it to you, and you can give us your thoughts. We'll go over that. Hope you're having a good start to your week. A lot going on around here. This is the Horn. Chad and Zay. All right, we're getting started on a Monday. February almost done. March is coming, which means March Madness is coming. Lots of sports coming together right now. Chad and Zay on this Monday. Wow. Man, this is going to be uh, It's going to be a little bit on the on the lighter side for me. Not super familiar with it. It does have a little bit of a Michael McDonald vibe. That's about all I got. Yeah. Uh, not Michael McDonald, but a white dude with soul, Robert right. Dupree. Robert Dupree? I do not know who Steal that is. Steal away. All right. Robert Dupree. 80s. Okay. Yeah, not familiar with Robert, but uh, there you go. Uh, yesterday in driving, um, we went. We took my daughter and a friend of ours, one of his kids, out to SFA to do a little... Uh, school tour and stuff like that. My wife went to SFA, so we went out there, and we're on the way back, so you have a long drive, and we were listening to, like, Sirius XM or whatever, and they had a top 30 hip-hop countdown with downtown Judy Brown from MTV, which I thought was an interesting choice. Uh, But anyway, top 30 hip-hop, and we listened to a good chunk of it, and the whole time it was going, we were getting into the top 10, we were trying to figure out what's going to be number one. What what would be number one? Now, is this current or just all time? This was like, no, sorry, for the 90s. For the 90s, okay. 90s hip-hop. So we were trying to guess what would it be, and you know, there was like Eminem Slim Shady was in there, and there were two Notorious B.I.G. songs, but both had played, and we were like, okay, so that's not number one. And somebody said... Uh, my buddy's wife says California Love, and that was top five-ish somewhere right. in there, but it wasn't number one. We're trying to figure out what it was. And in the end, it, it was You Can't Touch This by MC Hammer. <laughs> oh, my God. And we were all like, wait a minute. And we were a car full of white folk going, huh? <laughs> what? What? And I had forgotten, first off, that that song was technically released in 1990. So oh that, my gosh! So that's like and that's they, so disappointing. And they said they based it on you know uh, chart uh, on the, the how how things charted, but then there was some kind of I don't know if they had votes or fan reaction or whatever it was. But we were trying to guess, and like my best guess was "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. If it was in the '90s, I couldn't even remember if it was released in the '90s. When or was not. Uh, Ice Cube today? Was a good day. Uh, I don't recall hearing it. You don't recall hearing it? Don't recall hearing it. <laughs> don't recall hearing it. 
Uh, the first song I remember hearing was Jump by Criss Cross. That's the first one I remember hearing. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I'm telling you. It was, <laughs> it was something. It was something. That is brutal. Yeah, it was uh, pretty wild. A couple of Salt and Pepper tunes were in there. Shoop and What a Man, both in there. That's fine. They're both in there. Did you hear Cream? Uh, nope. Did not. I do not recall hearing that one. Maybe oh, they, I don't even know what to say. Maybe they thought that. those songs were a little too intense for them. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. For the digital radio crowd. Uh, Robert Dupree getting us started today. And uh, remember, Thursday at 2 o'clock will be our next album swap discussion. This week, I'm going to be checking out Raekwon, only built for Cuban links from 95. And Zay is going to be checking out the Dirty Computer album from Janelle Monet, because my 16-year-old daughter and music snob... Uh, Music fan, snob, whatever you want to call her. She has picked that for Zay this week. That's a 2018 album. So we'll do that on Thursday. A lot of music discussions around here in addition to a lot of sports. We hit the basketball side of things. Baylor beating Texas, 81-72. Now the Longhorns are in a little bit of a scramble mode as they get ready for the game in Fort Worth. They're hoping that game against Kansas is for all the marbles, but now that might not be the case. Plus uh, a little bit of a mix-up there communication-wise in Waco from the Baylor folks to the Texas folks, which had Rodney Terry walking out on the court watching Baylor's women's team shoot around going, what are we doing? We're supposed to be – hello? It's two hours to tip. Two. Let's go. Let's go. And things got a little little crazy. Nothing Nothing too nutty. I mean, thankfully there was no actual fighting going on, but uh, they they yeah, got. It's hard to focus on coaching when I'm about to get two pieced in the biscuit. I'm just trying to get on the court and play. Right. I'm just trying to get on the court and practice. I'm not trying to fight nobody. Like, what are we doing? What is going on here? That's so Baylor, though. I'm not surprised. No, nah, I got a little snarky. Somebody was texting in. Oh yeah, they went full Aggie on them or whatever. And sometimes the rivals of Texas do get accused of those things of getting a little petty, little disrespectful, not paying attention to those details. And this one, to me, this one looks bad on Baylor. If you're a Baylor fan and you can tell us why it was somehow Texas's fault, feel free. I, I don't understand. To me, that's on Baylor. That's on the home crew. And for anybody that's been on those trips, they've got to know that. It is the impetus goes to that home team to make the visiting team know that they are going to take care of them. We're going to take care of this. We're going to make sure your shoot around time is locked in. We're going to make sure nobody's into your shoot around, all those things. That's what Baylor didn't do to Yeah. Me. Yeah. So we hit that. Uh, we've also got a lot of football around. Uh, you know, football never dies around here. Seven days till Texas spring practice starts, 47 days till the spring game. The draft is only 59 days away, and it is combine week at the draft. We'll get you some combine stuff, including a little B. John Robinson update coming right up. But first, Zay, I want to make Cowboys fans feel really good by telling them how close they are to the NFC title game. Let's get it. We ready for this? I'm so excited. Uh, I saw that Stephen Jones was asked, what do the Cowboys have to do to get by the divisional round of the playoffs? And here's what he told Todd Archer at the Combine. Quote, I think we got to be one click better. I mean, we're right there. And we just, we've had some things... If a couple things go our way, then you're in it. But at the end of the day, we've got to have our key guys. They've all got to play one click better. We all got to be one click better. 
We got to make the team one click better. We got to coach one click better. We've got to. Our key guys got to play one click better if we're going to. I mean, we have to. We have to take the next step. We've got a good football team. Obviously, I think regular season wins. I think maybe the Chiefs have as many or a little bit more. So we're both playing at a high level consistently. It's just unfortunately we get in the playoffs and just not winning the key game, end quote. Yo, I think I choked on my saliva when he said the Chiefs. Steven. See, this is the problem. Oh, we're back to the same things, eh? They, and y'all hit us up on the Specs text line ripping me and Chad about reaching when guys like Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons go on social media and brag how close they are and how much they believe in Dak Prescott because it's just a trickle-down effect from the front office. Everybody thinks they're close. Like, Chiefs close? I I believe the close to some degree. Y'all aren't Eagles close, so how are y'all Chiefs close? I was just about to say, the of all the teams to go to, they have been to three Super Bowls, won two of them, and been to, is it five title games in a row now? Do I have that right? Yeah. So that, to me, it shows that lack of, sometimes I'll say it with teams and their fan bases, your goal is three steps away to me from where it needs to be sometimes. You're thinking, well, we need to do this. I'm like, oh, no, 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 You need to do that and that. And then you can think about what you're talking about. The Cowboys are lost in that spot where a lot of NFL teams find themselves. Some regular season wins, you're competing for your division, maybe you're winning it, or you're getting a wild card, and you think getting to the playoffs means you're close to the Super Bowl. That's two different things. Two very different things. So as a Cowboys fan, and what would I tell all of you Cowboys fans, I would tell you that is as much a part, that is as much the problem as anything else. That is as much a problem as his dad, because that means his dad has convinced him that that is true. And then, like you said, it trickles down to your badass cornerback and your badass defensive player that thinks they're that close to the NFC championship when I just, yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what to say to that other than yeah, there's the problem. The click stuff's weird. I, I think he said click a little bit too much. That was it five different times. I think. Yeah, I don't know, I, and I've never ne- heard just that terminology before. Like a step better, one click better, one your, click better. Your quarterback threw two picks against the Niners. Isn't that two clicks? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> And then you're talking about your best players. We know who you're talking about there. Your quarterback didn't play well enough. Some of your other guys didn't play well enough. Your play callers weren't good enough. And I'm not putting it all on Dak Prescott because I think that is missing the point too. Cowboys fans have been doing that for years too. They love to just take all, take it all and either completely put it on the quarterback or completely give the quarterback a pass. And I think both of those things are toxic. You'll mess yourself up either way. But they're not seeing that full, whole picture of where they are. And to see it that way, it's crazy. Now, here's the, here's the follow-up to me, Zay. If he actually believes it, and his dad actually believes it, then we're going to go back to that question they asked Jerry a few weeks ago. Then why don't you take chances? Why don't you, why don't you take the coin and flip it? Why don't you grab the dice and roll them if you're that close? Let's assume you're right. Why aren't you taking chances? Why aren't you doing what other teams do? Free agency. 
make a deal, grab a veteran. Yeah. Why don't you do all that stuff? You, you can't be closer and say, you know, we're a click closer right there when as good as C.D. Lamb was this year, you get rid of Amari Cooper for nothing. So you took a step back in your wide receiver room that you got to build that back up. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dalton Schultz, what he was, but what you going to do with him? You're probably going to let him go. Okay, you have a lot of confidence in Ferguson and Hendershot, which I do think those guys are good, but I don't think they're Dalton Schultz good. So Yeah, are they one click away yeah, from they Kelsey? Click away, huh? <laughs> I don't think they are. Yeah, Dak damn sure ain't one click away from Patrick Mahomes. Nope. And and Mr. Now, Schottenheimer and Mr. McCarthy are not one click away from Andy Reid either. Now, Big Mike might be one click donut away from Andy Reid, but coaching wise, <laughs> now you're just see now you're being rude. Now you're just being rude. There's there's no need. There's no need. There's enough going on. Okay, there's enough going on. Cowboys fans, let us know what you think of that. Three three seven three seven seven six is the Specs text line for you, Longhorn fans. Here's some uh, possible good news for you. I would assume we're learning who is and who's not going to work out at the combine. Bijan Robinson has now uh, told everybody he plans to do all on-field drills and testing at the combine. Even though Texas Pro Day is March 9th, three days after the combine, st- uh, you know, is done, uh, Robinson says he wants to compete. Love it. He wants to go show what he's got. Love it. If I'm yep. an NFL GM, you got to love the competitive nature because he's obviously the best running back in this draft. So now he's just putting it out there for everybody to see it. He's going to show how talented he really is. Now, even if he, I guess, underperforms, which I don't think that's going to be the case, let's just look at the football film. Like, let's not let's not get caught up and, you know, we remember we saw Zach Wilson throw on the move, like, 60 yards in the air, like, in the pocket and stuff, and then all GMs fell in love with that. Let's mm-hmm. not – let's remember what he did on the field. Right. And not just, you know, get caught up in this, because we could all be prisoners of the moment and be like, oh, the 40 wasn't what we thought. Or for other guys, oh, the 40 was a lot better. But then you look at what they done on the field and stuff and – that that doesn't get judged enough. So I, when it comes to B. John Robinson, whatever he does, you can't count all the missed tackles that he had, the, in a way, lack of usage from Steve Sarkeesian, yet put up the statistics that he did. Mm-hmm. Well, let's all remember that when yeah. draft day comes. I'm seeing lists of, of all the positions putting him as high as like four or five in the whole draft in terms of talent, straight up talent i'm also seeing him drafted in the still back end of the first round but there are some that consider him like the fifth best prospect at the combine fifth best guy in this draft so just a I kind of a, a perspective part of it but good to hear that Bijan's going to be going through the workouts we'll go through some other stuff in terms of those workouts where we know a couple of big names that won't work out jalen carter of georgia not going to work out bryce young says he's not going to throw at the combine we'll be talking about that this week the combine drills start on Thursday with D-line and linebacker. Obviously, there's a couple, uh, well, there's three Longhorns in that group. And then Bijan and Roshan are going to go on Sunday with the O-line and running back group. Uh, so we'll keep you updated on all that, get you set for all of it. It'll be on NFL Network this 
week. Up next in the crap bag, coming up at 105, I should mention, Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com. We'll talk to him about a little Longhorn football, but certainly we'll focus in on Longhorn baseball, win two out of three. But what did happen in that third game and Longhorn basketball falling in Waco? All that coming up next in the crap bag. Can a loss do more for you than a win? We'll talk about it on the horn. Chad and Zay. All right, rolling through a Monday. This one I've got. This one I've got. Ah, it's Mr. Cooper, everybody. Alice Cooper. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. It's a good song. Really good song. Yeah, good song. Megadeth did a great cover of it years later. It's a solid one if you haven't checked that out. Alice Cooper and Robert Dupree today. I think later this year, Alice is going to be on the bill with Motley Crue and Def Leppard. Wow. Yeah, a couple shows. I think maybe coming to the state of Texas. You might want to check that out. Some tour dates have been announced there. Um, yeah, Alice Cooper. I've seen him twice. I think twice on Alice Cooper. One of the great showmen of all time. Oh, he used to scare some parents today. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Whew. Every time I hear this song, I think about the scene of Days and Confused where they're oh, yeah. just beating the crap out of that bootleg Tin Lincecum looking kid. <laughs> ben Affleck and... Oh, the bootleg Tim Lincecum. (laughs) There's a, as much as I love that movie, there is an uncomfortable amount, comfortable amount of hazing in that movie for me. It really does push the limit on the hazing that I'm willing to accept. Yeah. A lot going on there. Ben Affleck and the paddle. And then what's her name? It might be worse. What's that actress's name? Um... I know you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. The one that the scene, oh my Lord. She's, they're just vicious. But, you know, that's. That not, was the time. That was the time, right. It, it, <laughs> not that it wasn't happening. It's not that it wasn't happening. It just was a little uncomfortable to watch at times. All right. Uh, so Alice and Robert Dupree getting us started today musically. We got Joe Cook of Inside Texas coming up. Uh, uh, Inside Texas and On3.com coming up talking more Longhorns. We're getting your reaction to Longhorn basketball, to the Cowboys quote from Stephen Jones, and there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Got a great text from somebody that we will read here. But first, let's get you a little bit of crap bag here. Can the loss do more than a win would have? Maybe? Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Now, the loss versus the win, I don't know that it's going to matter to me, but the loss I'm talking about is Jake Paul's. So Jake Paul did have a fight yesterday. He lost to Tommy Fury. A lot of people have just been waiting for Jake to lose. He's fought some MMA folks, you know, boxed against MMA guys, and the the criticism has been he hasn't really faced a real boxer in the ring. He's then, doing too much. But then again, Jake is not exactly a professional boxer himself. He's just getting into it. You can't disrespect. You can't disrespect boxing, world wrestling, entertainment, mm. and MMA. You can't just like go jump all three and think you're going to be great at both. You're disrespecting the art 
that goes into all of them. He's already been a part of WWE. He's now done some boxing, and I think he signed on to be an MMA fighter. See, that's what I'm saying. That's a lot. You're that's saying he's just doing much. too he's, much. He's doing too much, because okay. what do you focus on, Chad? I know. What do you focus on? You're, you can't just go, okay, I'm training this way because I'm about to go WWE. Now I got to train for MMA. Now I got to go train for boxing. They're all different, you know... Disciplines? Yeah, different disciplines. So he lost on a split decision, and this is the first guy. Now, Tommy Fury is like the half-brother of Tyson Fury. He is an amateur fighter. He is developing in the fighting world. He's not on the level of his half-brother. Obviously, he's one of the champs. But the, the question is, now that he had a pretty close fight, from what I understand, and lost a split decision, does that make you more interested? Are you leaning into this now? If you're a boxing fan, would you watch him box again? I'll be honest with you, I have not paid for a boxing pay-per-view in a while. I have not paid for a Jake Paul fight at all. I've been more disappointed in just the setup of it. I don't need to see that spectacle, and I just kind of move on. For those of you that either will pay for a spectacle or will pay for boxing, or for that matter, MMA or pro wrestling or whatever, are you willing to pay for Jake Paul at this point? That's kind of what I'm wondering here. Does this loss actually somehow do him good? He said after the fight, don't judge me by my wins. Judge me by my losses. I'll come back. I think we deserve that rematch. They have a rematch clause. I got a feeling like they're going to fight again. I mean, I'm going Stephen Jones. It's a lot of clickbait here with Jake Paul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, Just, he's, so he's not one click away for you? Uh, he's not. No, okay. He's not, but he's that type of guy. Like He wants to be out there. He wants his face in front of the camera. He wants to be big on social media. He has his podcast and stuff. He's talking to porn stars on the podcast. Like He's out there, but, yo, he got his ass whooped the other night, and I don't think it's going to get much better unless he starts getting these rooty poot type battles, these type matches. But again, just going from MMA to wrestling to boxing, he might just be doing too much. Yeah, and you brought up a great point as we were getting ready for the show. One of the if you don't if you don't watch a lot of boxing, it doesn't click in as much. But if you watch boxing and sort of respect where they're trying to go, when you get two people in a ring and you can tell they're not trained as boxers and they start to box it usually hits you right away. Yeah. And that's what I'm being told is is going on with Jake Paul a little bit here. So I haven't watched him yet. Let me know if you care enough to, you know, look into these fights. But he did it was also on a Sunday in Saudi Arabia, I think is where they were. Oh, dang. All I think right. so. Um that was a little bit, I think, maybe tough for some people to check out. But let me know if you're interested in that next fight. Now uh, who I am interested in fighting again, my man Nate Robinson. Really? Former dunk champ. You'd watch that again? Yeah, remember he got KO'd? He, he needs some redemption. Okay. Because yeah. that's all I know him for. Like, yeah. I'm going to stop saying that he... slam dunk champ stuff. When you bring up Nate Robinson, we're going to forget the Hooper, and we're just going to remember him getting knocked the hell out. The face plant. Yeah. yeah. Who, who was that? Who gave him that? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. That was a bad look. It wasn't Jake Paul. What, was it Logan Paul? I don't know. Some aspects of text I don't right. tell us. But that I, would, was, I would have to look. He needs some redemption. Yeah. Somebody texted in, Jake Paul is just a YouTuber. He's not a talented boxer. I don't see why people would pay to watch his trash. Somebody else says it was his brother Logan in WWE. 
Oh, okay. So Logan and Jake. Oh, dude, they look exactly I mix them the up. same. Yeah, I mix them up. So, uh, all right, there you go. The Paul brothers, I guess, if you're <laughs> interested. Uh, but Jake is the one that lost this split decision. Uh, also, real quick, uh, let me just read this great text on the Cowboys. It's kind of sad, but I do think it's a great text. It says, the same article with Stephen Jones had a quote that said, quote, other than he hadn't won some key playoff games, he, Dak Prescott, is everything you'd want in a quarterback which is kind of like the 2023 version of Other Than That, Mrs. Kennedy, How Was the Parade in Dallas? Oh, wow. Man. <laughs> so they went there. Yeah, yeah. yo, Steven, just because they both light-skinned don't mean they're the same. <laughs> that, um, you know, that, 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 it don't work like that. Yeah. It don't work like that. That's an interesting argument, too. That's the, the argument of that is you're saying he's got all of the intangible stuff. Right, he's got the Walter Payton Man of the Year stuff. He's a great guy. He's a great leader and all that. But he's not making the biggest plays in the biggest games. Okay, well then stop. Right, stop right there. That's what everybody's talking about here. So you're 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 leaning heavily on a guy that's not making the plays in the big moments. What does that tell you, Stephen? And his answer is, we're one click away. And that's where Cowboys fans are. I think some Cowboys fans are having a little frustration. And face it, some Cowboys fans do think they're close, and they get on us when we talk about the frustration with Steven and Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. That's what the whole discussion's about. Let us know what you think. Specs text line is 337-3776. Up next, Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com. What went on in that third Texas baseball game that's got everybody talking? We'll get his thoughts on Texas in Waco and kind of where the basketball team is, right? now as well. Stay with us on this Monday. We are almost done with February. Time's flying. This is The Horn.